Welcome to Unstacking the Dadatory, where we're on the road to Wembley, following every match of Big Daddy and Giant Haystack's uh, career. When I was just a little girl, I asked my mother, what will I be? Will I be pretty? Will I be rich? Here's what she said to me. At the Wembley Arena, we will be seeing Giant Haystacks versus Big Daddy. Will you be doing to Big Daddy? Well, Kent, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do to him. I'm going to show you what I'm going to do to him. The time has come. No tag matches. When Haystacks and Daddy clutch on the mat. How are you this week, Dan? Well, I'm full of disease, but I'm all the better for seeing you, mate. How are you? Oh, I'm glad we're doing this remotely then, if you've got the lurgy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want any one of that business. I think it's all I think it's all those uh, all those dodgy people I served behind the bar at True Grit last week. Oh, dirty marks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a good show though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I, I thought you'd be fine after you'd fortified yourself with liquors before you'd uh, got into work. <laughs> Drinking on the job, on the job. <laughs> <laughs> I would expect no less, Dan. Uh, I'm a man of your reputation. Well, as, as long as as long as I'm sober enough to count money, that's all that matters. Well, there, there you go. Well, you probably double counted it. <laughs> <laughs> Profits are through the roof. <laughs> So, talking about drinking on the job, uh, are, you, are you drinking now, Dan? I am indeed. I, uh, I went down to uh, Red Chili Supermarket in search of uh, fan, uh, sort of different flavors of sriracha sauce, and I stumbled upon Sapporo Black. Now, I'm quite partial to a Sapporo, mostly because the old uh, the old pumps used to be like samurai sword handles. The black lager version of it drew me in, but also the fact the can is absolutely massive at 650 mil. Well, yeah, the big can absolutely work, works on me. Yeah, you know, when you get those, uh, like, Stein Oktoberfest cans. Yeah, and do you know what? It's not, it's, it's not half bad. It's, it's just a, a really solid black lager. Yeah, superb. Excellent. I am back to our friends at Tartarus. I'm drinking Demeter, which is a 7.2% West Coast IPA. It's bloody lovely. had it on the show before, and if you want to drink Tartarus beers, you can... Log on to tartarusbeers.co.uk and put in the promo code UTTPODCAST15 and get 15% off. Yeah, and I'll be uh, I'll be back on the Tartarus train possibly next week, I think. I've, uh, I've got some of the new ones coming in, which I'm looking forward to. Excellent. I do need to put a new one, another order in because they've uh, released quite a few, so we'll... Uh... We, uh, we need to start that petition to get the, um, to get the Balefire tier hot sauce done again as well. Oh, God, we do. Yeah, and the uh, Chipotle sauce as well. Yeah. <laughs> we can't live without it. Well, I've still got some left, but I, I am very worried. I, I was in the supermarket the other day looking at other hot sauces thinking, it's not the same. Well, speaking of when I said about going to the uh, the Red Chili supermarket looking for sriracha, I found some wasabi-flavoured sriracha and something called sriracha blackout which is like the ultra-hot version, so I'm looking forward to getting into them. It might actually uh, help to clear me cold. Yeah, no, it'd probably work, yeah. yeah. We'll sort, sort you right out there. <laughs> Use it as a nasal spray. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Last time on the show we covered Big Daddy versus Kendo Nagasaki, so this time we're going to cover Big Daddy versus Kendo Nagasaki. <laughs> it was so good we're doing it twice. We are indeed. This one is emanating from Solihill, filmed on the 2nd of December 75 and 
broadcast on the 6th of December 75. It was promoted by Best Royton uh, Wing of Joint Promotions. It's a uh, match with the referee Emil Povel, which he is just a referee in world of sport of, of quite some renown, but uh, he's not one of these former world champions or whatever that uh, we see cropping up from time to time. So it's not nice to get an experienced ref in on the match. Yeah, but whenever I see him, I think I know him from somewhere else. And I can't pinpoint who he reminds me of. It's, it's been it's been bugging me for a while, and it's probably going to come to me in about six or seven six or seven episodes, probably while we're recording, and I'll and I'll just interrupt and blurt it out. But yeah, it reminds me of somebody. I can't think who. I think I think it's an actor who's in a sitcom, but I'm really struggling to to put it together. I, I had that moment today. We've been watching Succession, and all right. I keep thinking, you know, who, who's Roman? I'm sure I've seen him before. I'm sure he looks familiar. He's Macaulay Culkin's brother. So he's uh, like yeah. resemblance rather than... I think he's got... I don't know if he's got multiple brothers, but I remember seeing the other Culkin in uh, Scott Pilgrim back in the day. Ah, right. It's like um, it's like these Crabtree brothers popping up in wrestling. <laughs> yeah, they just get everywhere, don't they? <laughs> They do indeed, they do indeed. But before any of the Crabtree brothers do a job, it's time for you to do the job, Dan. Oh, God, this can only go well. Yeah, so as this show came, I was filmed on the 2nd of December 75. I've gone to a, a newspaper from the 2nd of December 75. I've gone to the Huddersfield Examiner. Uh, and the reason for that is that on the front page, there's an article about wrestling. I thought you were going to say Huddersfield Town. Well, I'm sure they're not actually on the front page, unfortunately. Uh, there is something about the Loch Ness Monster, so I don't know if we're going to bring him in as a yeah, target man up front. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, there was quite a debate in Huddersfield back in 75, because a wrestling show, which would feature Kendo Nagasaki and um, Kong Fu, who um, was another masked wrestler, was being held at the Sports Centre. And... Um, Councillor Jack uh, Murnahan, who was a former mayor and uh, Labour member of Kirklees Council, was upset that the uh, sports centre was uh, being used for wrestling. When it wasn't a leisure centre, it's a sports centre. So uh, he thought it should have been at the town hall and should only be having a legitimate sporting competition. What a knobhead. Well, yeah, but it's interesting. You know, everyone talks about Kayfabe being dead. It's front page here saying it's not a sport. It shouldn't be in the sports centre. Well, and truly shat on it, haven't they? Yeah. There was a, a suggestion from some someone on the council that they could cover um, the old Bath Street, um, Bath six months out of the year, and uh, you, use that as a venue for uh, shows like this. I know now they've knocked that down and that's where I park on a match day. Um, <laughs> so it didn't quite get there then, did it? Oh, no, but it's free parking on an evening, so you can't beat it for the night games. <laughs> Mate, I live in York. Free parking is a dream. Oh, you need, you need to get to Cambridge Road. <laughs> it's a bit of a trek for me to get back home, like. It is, it is, but it's the right price and, and that's the main thing. So um, we've already got ourselves a bargain, but we'll try and get you uh, uh, some income as well. Just to go through the rules for anyone that missed last week, we're going to give Dan five jobs. When he chooses a job, he has to stick with that job. So, you know, if, if he gets a good job uh, or a bad job or whatever, if the next one's better, he can't swap to it and he's just lost at life. But the other thing is, there's no protection for um, characteristics in the 70s. So... If Dan's the wrong age, the wrong gender, if he's if they're wanting someone that's married, then he doesn't get the job. And the last two times, uh, you've not got the job because of these protected characteristics, have you? No, I haven't. It's uh, it's a fine line between pay window and breadline. It is indeed. It is. Yeah. So the first job is for standard fireworks. Okay. Uh, they're looking for um, internal driving, so presumably that's driving like a forklift in the uh, factory. Uh, you've got to have a full driving license. It's a 40-hour week, and they have canteen facilities. Ooh. Tempting. 40-hour week isn't too bad. 
Um, oh, that is tempting, you know. Probably some sort of union I could join as well. Oh, I'm tempted because on the last cu- last couple, I've let it go a little bit and ended up knackered. So I'm tempted just to take the first one. Do you know what? I'm going to take the driving job. I'm going to take the forklift driver job. But I want to before I, before you tell me if I'm qualified, can I hear the other options? Yeah, well, we'll do that first. We'll go through all the options. So the second option is looking for an attractive bar person for private bar work. That wasn't posted by True Grip Promoter, like retrospectively, was it, after after Saturday? (laughs) It was posted by Orchid Dance Club of Nefumberland Street, Huddersfield. (laughs) Um, I've got a feeling I won't be qualified for that one. Yeah, it's a few evenings a week, a maximum of three. No Sundays. All right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, near to town, and it's good pay for the right applicant. So, presumably, if it's the wrong applicant, it's bad pay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hazard a guess and say they want a woman working the bar there, and I'm, uh, I'd have declined that one anyway. Well, yes, they want a woman, but they they want a married woman working that job. So I'm double fucked. Double, yeah, yeah, couldn't have had that one. So the next one is a supervisor position. For right. Metal Closures Limited. And hmm. um, the duties will include progressing of work on the shop floor in accordance with predetermined program. Salaries for this position will be negotiable. Working conditions are excellent in a modern factory. Uh, no, nah, I don't think I'd go for that one. Doesn't tickle me fancy. No, well, just as well, because they're looking for a woman who's aged over 35. But fit neither of those. No. Uh, so the next one is a sales opportunity. An opportunity to garner coverage in a high market potential of the products. The sales force will be increased in the immediate future, so they're looking to recruit other people as well. It's an excellent opportunity for people in the area who are already wishing to take up a career in selling. They manufacture an extensive range of shop interior fittings and fixtures and market directly to all branches of retail trade. Nah, looking I'm for... all right. I don't want to do sales. <laughs> I was going to say, they're looking for someone of good character next. Oh, God. Um, 40 hours a week, average salesman earns in excess of £4,500. Not a bad wage for the time, I don't think, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not equipped for sales. No, they are looking for a young man aged between 23 and 33. And I'm too old anyway. <laughs> it's amazing what they require from these jobs, aren't they? It's madness, isn't it? So if they hire you and you're 32 and you stay around for two years, do they immediately get rid of you at 34? I think some of them have talked about progression or whatever, maybe. You know, yeah, maybe. next uh, stratosphere then. So are you telling me that I've managed to pick the one job that I was actually qualified for? Yeah, well, there's one more option, Dan. Yeah, this is for a salesman, £5,000 a year, uh, working in the Halifax area, so you'd be able to hop over to Hebden Bridge, although that was probably a bit of a dump in 75, to be fair. We <laughs> <laughs> haven't been gentrified by then. They're looking for the best salesperson and ready to pay an excellent uh, money to the right person. Uh, they can offer um, a sales career with a large British company selling a range of mechanical and electrical fasteners, fittings to the motor and allied trades. You'll be selling directly from a Ford Transit van. <laughs> uh, sounds a bit like uh, <laughs> only fools and horses, this, but with one more wheel. They provide you training and um, basic salary plus very high p- um, commission. And there's actually an open day for this at St. George's Hotel in Huddersfield on the uh, 3rd of December. By which they mean the pitching up in the car park and, and giving you your training? Oh, I, I don't know. That, that's the home, the home of Rugby League, St. George's Hotel in Huddersfield. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, it's a sales position and it, I don't want to be the Northern Dell boy. Well, this is requiring a young married man aged 24 to 38. I'm aged between 24 and 38. Yeah, but you, you're not married. So you, you actually picked the only job that you could have possibly had in 1975 out of those. Hey. Uh, it, it's crazy. And I, I pick these at random. I don't really even search around. <laughs> <I just laughs> put it's a mad, it, is, it is utter madness, isn't it? 
Oh, it's insanity. I mean, the, the age brackets are so narrow for some of those jobs as well. And arbitrary. Yeah, yeah, just, just complete, not even round numbers. Yeah, no one over 33. It's like, what? <laughs> well, yeah. you know what they say about blokes once they, once they go over 33. Ooh. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, they, they can't sell widgets out of the back of a transit. <laughs> <laughs> can't trust a man with a selling a widget when he's over 33. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So before we get to this match, um, there weren't any other televised added or Haystacks matches uh, between this and the last show, but I'm doing some research in Tony Earnshaw's We Shall Not Be Moved, which is an excellent book, which has details on the actual wrestling shows and some of the house show uh, results and highlights uh, in between. So we've got a few, uh, few bits of context around what was happening in the lead up to this match. Lay on me. Yeah, so uh, from Bellevue in North Croydon on the 16th of December, Giant Haystacks was uh, there. He um, turned up as a replacement for Terry Rudge and ended up winning a match uh, in inside two rounds. And um, that was against Steve Vidor and... We'll see him um, in a couple of episodes' time when he's uh, in a tag team against Daddy and Haystacks. Interesting. Yeah. And on the 24th of September at the Royal Albert Hall for a a Dale Spectacular, Dan Haystacks was there making his Albert Hall debut uh, along with uh, the Terror of the North Klondike Jake. I've never um, heard of Klondike Jake. I, I know Klondike Kate. Yeah, well, Klondike Jake's, um, yeah, uh, a male version. <laughs> oh, um, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, Haystacks beat Pete Curry. Now, interestingly enough, Pete Curry was the guy that um, Daddy made his TV debut against uh, when he came to uh, joint promotions. He won with a, a big splash. So Haystack's making waves quite literally there. Um, Very good. Yeah. On to October at Liverpool Stadium on the 8th, there was a match between Big Daddy and Gil Singh, which was halted in the fourth round after the referee was knocked out of the ring. Oh, Uh, Was was that a rarity back then, that sort of finish? Yeah, it it was. Uh, Daddy had already received two public warnings by this point. I mean, he's working here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at this point. So yeah, no, not a, not in with the crowd. And in the main event on the same show, Kendo Nagasaki teamed up with Giant Haystacks. All right. Yeah. So they're all over the place, and um, they faced T-Bar Seslak and Tony Saint Clair. Nagasaki and Haystacks uh, won by two straight falls uh, in in eight minutes. Oh, bloody hell! Two straight falls. Yeah, sorry, it's just in the in the few sort of world of sport matches I've seen um, that have been you know two falls. I, I can't recall many of them been two straight falls. No, well I, they often did that. They, you know, depending on sort of people's position on the card. You know, when mm. someone was debuting, you know, if, when they were working them up rather than Daddy who's made a you know a big bang appearance on on the scene. Oh yeah. They, They'd be losing 2 0, and then they'd lose 2 1, and then they'd draw 1 1. And <laughs> mm. but no, I, I assumed it was just because the uh, the small sample size I'm working with. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely when WWE have done the uh, rounds match. It's always been 2 uh, 1, hasn't it? Yeah, from what I've seen of the Heritage Cup, it was uh, it was very it was very much uh, always shared on us, as it were, in that regard. Yeah, definitely. The very next night, uh, back to Bell- Bellevue, and Haystacks is now teaming with Daddy. So, dro- dropped Kendo like <laughs> bad smell. They were facing the Kangaroo Kid, Ken Else, and, um, oh, sorry, I do beg your pardon. They were managed by the Kangaroo Kid, um, Ken Else, and uh, they faced Honey Boy Zimber and Gil Singh. Favourite of the show, Honey Boy Zimber. Yeah, favourite of the show, Honey Boys. Yeah, um, we've not really got uh, anything over and above that that happened, but uh, that happened. Um, it was a it was a match that existed. 
Yeah, but on the 18th of October, and um, the, the article's available on itvwrestling.co.uk or other places you can access it, but there was an article on the 18th of October, 75, in the TV Times about the fall in wrestling TV ratings. All right. Yeah, so in um, November 75, 8.5 million people had uh, been watching wrestling, uh, and now... Uh, it's dropped to 7.5 million people. But it's in the mud. Yeah, in the mud, yeah. (laughs) Joint Promotions is in the mud. And uh, Kent Walton mentioned in this article that he thought one of the reasons was that they hadn't transitioned away from the older stars quick enough and that they weren't putting on enough technical matches. Um, mm. So he's going to have to uh, eat craw. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> might, have, might have been just a little bit off the mark there, Kenty boy. Yeah, ne- never mind, never mind. So on the 31st of uh, October uh, in Rotherham, Big Daddy is tagging with the Mast El Olimpico, who is Marty Jones. Oh, okay, doke. Yeah, so um, I think we've seen him in, um, well, certainly when I've been wrestler adjacent <laughs> to what we've covered. He was Mike Jones matches, I don't think I've reviewed him on the show. But yeah, he had a, a Mexican uh, gimmick after um, uh, an excursion to Mexico. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. and name I actually recognise is quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> Back to Bellevue on the 1st of November. I'm, I'm guessing that um, Tony Earnshaw went to a lot of these Bellevue shows because they're all getting, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, get, getting the notes there. But, you know, it's, it's very much appreciated. Um, Daddy and Haystacks are tagging once again. They beat the team of Count Batelli and Tony St. Clair. Why do I know the name Count Batelli? I wonder if it's just because you mentioned him before. Yeah, so he was a famous masked wrestler who and Kendo Nagasaki um, beat in a mask versus mask match. That's that'd be why I've, I've heard of him then. Yeah, yeah, he was uh, sort of you know the previous generation sort of thing. Next up, we're back at the Royal Albert Hall. There was a match that was involving uh, Mick Manus and Kung Fu, and. Basically, it um, ended in a draw. Mick McManus was arguing with the officials um, at the end of the match and when um, Mike Marino and Big Daddy arrived for their, for their match still. Uh, McManus attacked Marino, opening a cut above his eye, and they had to remove McManus. Um, wow. and, yeah, uh, and then uh, Big Daddy um, went on to target the uh, cuts that uh, Marino had, um, you know, sort of punching it to try and open up the cup uh, more. Then he was really upset when uh, the match was declared a no contest because of, uh, of the blood. Big nasty bastard. Interesting. I, I don't know why, but because it makes perfect sense that they would have, but I just didn't, never imagined Daddy's path and Mick McManus's paths crossing, really. Just, I think just because the difference in size and the difference in weight. Uh, well, there is a fragment of a Daddy Mick McManus match um, that we'll review. It's one of these where, you know, the only seconds of it remain. Um, right. But, yeah, they did actually, well, they did clash on TV, uh, certainly in tag team matches. And, cause, you know, the vast majority of the stuff uh, lost the ITV archive. But, um, yeah, there, there, is, there is some in existence and we can see fragments of it but yeah there was more than that that we never got because this effectively was then sort of setting up an angle where marino could um, chase both daddy and mcmanus all right fair enough yeah it's a shame shame we haven't got any of that on the footage yeah well i mean these were all house show uh, stuff but um the royal albert hall shows obviously were you know big shows that they were trying to drive people to um, uh, as they will later on as we get through this series to the uh, Wembley Arena shows. Mm. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, so um, as we say, the match itself, on the same episode of World of Sport that went out on the 6th of December 1975, again, favourite of the show, Honey Boy Zimba was back. Hey. Yeah, and he had a match against Farmer Boy Floyd. <laughs> Never heard of him. 
What a name, though. Yeah. <laughs> Honey Boy Zimbra versus Farmer Boy Floyd. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you'd tune in for that alone, wouldn't you? <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't know how on earth these wrestling ratings have fallen. Actually, just, just on that article about the wrestling ratings, one of the interesting things was that, you know, you talk about the demo, and they were saying that the proportion of the male audience had fallen and there were more women and children watching the show at this point. All right. So it was more the uh, the grannies were still holding strong with them. <laughs> yeah, quite, yeah, quite possibly. Although the, they were the key uh, demographic for... Uh... Yeah. 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 Oh, brilliant stuff. And the other match on the card was... Johnny Saint versus uh, Mick McMichael. I've never heard of Mick McMichael, but obviously Johnny Saint is uh, is something of a legend after his well after his career and also being a trainer at NXT. Yes, yeah, it was just a shame that he was so confused when he was in NXT UK. It, it wasn't great, but uh, it, it was what it was. So that's what's on the card the same day, but it is. This week, uh, according to the TV Times, uh, the 15th anniversary of Coronation Street. <laughs> Bloody hell. 15th. God, has that really been going since 1960? Yeah, yeah. So. Jesus. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. I, don't know. I get freaked out when I realise, when I remember that it's the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who this year, but. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, but it wasn't the only uh, wrestling um, that that was appearing that day. Because at seven o'clock, Steve Austin's there. Oh, <laughs> it's Lee Majors as Steve Austin because it's the six million dollar man, <laughs> not the six million beer can man. No, no. And at five forty-five, it's Tom Baker in the Android Invasion Part Three. All right, it'll shock you to know I haven't seen it. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like size on the podcast. <laughs> it's size, but northern. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there was a few things that you could be watching. Uh, you know, if you're here in 1975, aside from the wrestling, I, I did like at the start of this show. It came up with a World of Sport match card. Yeah, I did like that as well. But before we get into the into the match, I know he's not on this show. I do have a giant hair fact. Oh, excellent! So, giant haystacks appeared in two films. Uh, he was in the Quest for Fire in nineteen eighty one, and Give My Regards to Broad Street in nineteen eighty four. The latter was written by Paul McCartney, uh, who was a fan of uh, of haystacks, and they became lifelong friends through the film. That's brilliant. Yeah. Mm. That's an awesome hair, hair fact. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Hashtag, hashtag giant hair facts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, God. Can we get those to the level of, of tank facts? I doubt it, but... Well, I, th- I think we just need to focus on the tank facts, otherwise tank Abbott will beat us. <laughs> who, do you reckon, who do you reckon could eat more for breakfast, giant hair stacks or tank Abbott? <sighs> I, I, I don't think... Uh, I think the meal's merged into one for hair stacks. I don't, I don't think... <laughs> Definitive breakfast, dinner, and lunch. What was it? Three pound, three pounds of bacon and a dozen eggs for his, be- his breakfast. Yeah, yeah, and, he, and that was while he was still asleep. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, that, like the like the ballad of Frank that I've told you before, where he where he'd had uh, he'd smoked a cigarette and lit another one before he opened his eyes. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, how people used to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm sure there was a lot of that going on in the 70s, to be fair. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, so we do at the start get Dickie Davis um, announcing what's happening. So, again, it's given a sporting presentation. Yeah, yeah, it was very good. It was something different. And this this match, it, it was it was weird to start off with because we had Kendo all in blue, which I quite liked. But normally when I've seen him, he's, he's been in black. And then Daddy was wearing a really brightly coloured robe, obviously as he would, but it, it did look just look like a dressing gown. And then his his singlet was like bright orange, and I weren't sure about that. Yeah, I and mean, then we've already hit on one of the things of what did Eunice do next? Um, I don't know what on earth she made this out of. Oh, just wait till you see next week's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. me. But yeah, it was. Uh, 
it wasn't great. It, it looked like he should. It, it actually looked like he should have been a roadwork sign or something like that. Yeah, that's probably where he stole it from. It's a high vis jacket. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Um. So, what did you think to the first round? I was surprised really because there was a lot of um, a lot of movement and and selling from Daddy. Really, you know, he let Kendo chuck him around a lot. Kendo got a lot of offense in. It was a very small ring. It seemed. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So they had to sort of work around it, but. Yeah, it was. I was just, I was just sort of shocked, really, with that, with about just how much Kendo got in. Yeah, it's very different from the first match when you know Daddy was really on top, and then Kendo got a couple of big moves in. Um, you know, it, it was quite fifty-fifty here, even though Daddy belly belly bounced uh, Kendo out of the ring. Yeah, I put in my notes it was a seesaw first round, and if you were scoring it on points, you'd probably score it a draw. Well, I actually, funnily enough, in my notes, at the end of round one, I put end of round one, Kendo would be winning on points for me. I thought Kendo got more in. He had had more submission holds. I think at one point he hit hit a huge shot that downed Big Daddy. And then he he had him in a cravat and followed it, took him down with a front chancery. The ref had to break it up. Daddy wasn't working his way out of the holds, which, you know, you wouldn't really expect from him, but still... And just the sheer sort of amount of the offense from Kendo would have taken it on points for me. Yeah. Well, and the other thing of note about this match, did you see the awkward camera angle they did that like went through Kendo's crotch to see if Daddy's shoulders were on the mat? Yeah, I think uh, there was a comment by Ken Walton as well, wasn't there? Yeah. So it's yeah. about a unique camera angle. I'll see, you know, see more of Kendo <laughs> than we'd expected. Thank God it wasn't Finn Balor, that's all I can say. Because <laughs> if I had our eyes out. Yeah, with his tiny pants. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was it was quite strange as well that we got to, to near the end of the round before we were actually informed that it's scheduled for eight rounds and two falls. Uh, no, they did say that right at the start, although they did say it was um, nine five-minute rounds. So uh, oh, I think I just, they... Uh, I just missed it then. I <laughs> don't know. I think they just keep changing the mind with all this stuff. Yeah, just play it on the fly. We know it's not going beyond a few anyway. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we we go to break after the first round, and I quite liked this use of the round system with the TV commercials. Yeah, I just wish we had the TV commercials. Oh, that would have been immense, wouldn't it? It would. 1970s goodness. But yeah, very smart thing to do, and it's it's just another example of why the round system works so well, especially what? on TV. The other thing is, most of these episodes that we're going to cover are being shown later. You know, they'll have been on the Wrestling Channel or Granada Men and Motors or on ESPN in America or on the DVD mm. box sets that have been released. I think this is one of the very few where it's been recorded off TV in 1975. Yeah. That we'll watch because we got that little flickering thing in the corner that tells you the adverts are coming. Yes, we did, didn't we? I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, so, so that was nice that we got that. So then we're into round two. Uh, what were your thoughts on round two? Uh, this is where I started to really notice how much both of them really wanted to use that like trapezius nerve hold. Um, <laughs> because Kendo, Kendo goes straight back to it. We'd seen it a fair bit in the first one. But it, it, it looks like he's barely touching. And, and not in a, you know, sometimes you can do a hold or something and it can almost be sold that it doesn't look like he's doing much, but it's actually devastating. This just looked like he was tickling him. Yeah, I've always hated the nerve hold. But in all fairness, uh, the crowd were, again, heel versus heel. Um, the crowd seemed firmly behind Daddy. I don't know if that's just yeah. Yeah, I think that's definitely, yeah, the lesser of two evils. It was a really nice uh, sort of throat thrust from Kendo. And, you know, the snapmare throat. And then Kendo, <laughs> in my notes, I've just got boots Daddy in the tits. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what he did. He absolutely just hoofed him in the knockers. Chops, kicks, and then he, he did sort of like a, a grapevine heel hook chicken wing thing for a submission. Yeah, he did sort of the headline and the uh, headlock and the grapevine at the same time, and it's one nil to Kendo. Yeah, um, was, that, that was a bit of a surprise. I didn't expect to see Daddy submit. Well, I mean, it is Kendo that is facing, in all fairness, you know, what we've seen against lesser opposition. 
we might not see that. But uh, the brilliance of this is we get a boo for the submission, and then we get a boo for the announcer announcing the submission. (laughs) (laughs) Double heat, brother. And I loved that the daddy looked absolutely knackered when the seconds were attending to them in the uh, you know mid-round interval or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, the selling didn't stop at the bell. Yeah, as it, as it shouldn't, you know. But yeah, pleasantly, pleasantly surprised at the at the submission for for Kendo again because I don't have a lot of point of reference. I, I just I assumed that Daddy would be dominant, and he's anything but so far. No. Third round starts, and Kendo's got a, a sleeper in. Although the ref determines that it's a chokehold rather than. Uh, a sleeper, and the announcer says it's Kendo's final public warning, which is wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, I was I was thinking, did I just miss the first one? Because, you know, I have been known to uh, to let my mind wander, but I didn't think it had wandered that far. Uh, that was uh, that was the ring announcer's sort of Kent Walton moment of the night. Yeah, well, later on, Kent Walton goes, that was actually his first public warning. Yeah, I think it was in round four, he... Uh, Oh no! It was, just, it was later on in this in this round, but yeah, it was. Uh, I did enjoy that. We, we get an almighty belly bounce from um, Daddy to Kendo, and Kendo absolutely flies across the it ring. Was, it was the uh, it was the Shawn Michaels Hogan cell. Yeah, or the precursor yeah. to yeah. It was um, yeah. It was a couple of belly bounce, a huge belly bounce, another belly bounce, and then uh, what the sort of like a tree choke where he just picks him up and that's somehow not a chokehold and, and Kendo's allowed to submit. Oh, well, he's seen Brian Cage do that to Fuego del Sol to prevent the uh, Gator Golf Tournament being ruined, so... Oh, God. <laughs> you don't have to make me watch some shit. <laughs> so it's 1-1 at the end of uh, the third round. Yeah, pleasant, like um, I say, pleasantly surprised so far, but... At this point, for me, the feeling was—I felt it was kind of inevitable that that Daddy was going to come back for the win. Because while it is heel versus heel, it fe- again, this is just my t- thoughts at the time. It felt like the the crowd were were turning, and and that it'd be sort of Daddy starting to kick on. Yeah, but then you've got to remember. <laughs> Goldberg has a pretty poor win-loss record compared to Kendo Nagasaki. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't, rem- I don't know. I remember all of these things at the moment. No, so we're starting on the fourth round, and, and the easiest um, hold from Daddy this time. I was pulling the hair as well under the bottom of the mask. Yeah, fair enough. And it, it, this is Daddy, Daddy goes quite aggressive. You know, lots of, you know, huge, it looked an incredibly stiff uppercut and real clubbing shots and throwing him around by the mask. Um, I, I, I did like Ken Walton said at this point, there's one thing you'll notice about this bound. It's very different. There's not been much wrestling yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that, that's what had set it apart at the time. Because this was very much, you know, strike-based and, and more of a spectacle. Well, yeah, and it's, we're only two months removed from Kent Walton's article in the TV Times saying they need to get back to map-based wrestling. Yeah, yeah. So it was, you know, he can say what he wants, but he was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, I think this, this absolutely shows it because Daddy goes after Kendo's mask. Mm. And we get the whole Kent Walton, you know, he'll, he'll never get it above the nose. He bloody will. Yeah, and, and the mask comes off, and, and a massive pop from the Solihull crowd. And it got a massive pop from me as well, because, again, I, I, know, I know through you that Kendo's been unmasked, you know, a few times in his career. I didn't expect it to be this early in our run of, of unstacking daddy Yeah, well, I mean, it, you know, obviously he'd come to TV in 71. Uh, it'd been pretty big, sort of, on the shows that weren't televised before that, but, yeah. You know, so so this is four years on TV, uh, never losing the mask, and he hasn't technically lost it here. Um, it's been taken off um, illegally in in the match, but yeah, we, we've actually seen his face for the first time. Yeah, and the thing is as well, Kendo only gave you a momentary look at him. You know, he he, he comes up, he screams, and then he goes mental. Yeah, 
goes absolutely berserk. He's beat, you know, he's trying to beat Daddy up, just absolutely go for him. And therefore, you can't fully, at least as a TV viewer, you don't get another clear look at his face. So, yes, yeah. it's come off, but you still just think, oh, my God, his mask's off. Wait, what did he look like? Yeah. And, you know, we're watching this on um, massive flat screen TVs in high def, as opposed to the people that would have watched it at the time on a 14-inch, possibly black and white TV. Yeah, so it had to have been, surely had to have been the same effect, or you know, even more of an effect, really. Yeah, yeah, probably even less of a chance of getting a decent look at him. Ken Walton seemed quite obsessed with mocking Kendo's haircut. It's not a 1975 regulation haircut. It's like it's like North Korea in 1975. There's only eight haircuts you can have. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it's quite a unique finish this though as well because while Kendo's going for business sort of mad, he, he tries a cross body. But he gets caught, and then he actually uses body shots. He just punches Daddy in the ribs till Daddy falls, and then Kendo gets the three for the win. I I really liked that, and I wish they'd do something you know a bit more like this in modern wrestling. All, all too often, a, a spot like that would just be a transit. It'd be, it wouldn't even be a one count; <laughs> they'd just roll through it. Yeah, yeah. It just, but you think you think um, someone like someone like Bray Wyatt. You know, when he hit the, yep. when he hit his crossbody, that would be a believable finisher for the speed and the impact of it. Yeah, someone were to then catch him, and you know, the, say they staggered back a little bit, and he, and he punched, went for the ribs, and then they went down. That would look brilliant. Oh yeah, and you've got to sort of put yourself in the mindset that this is someone who's supposedly, uh, you know, possessed by the spirit of, you know, a, a medieval Japanese warrior you know, with martial arts skills or whatever. Um, yeah. I, I guess much like a fiend-type character who's got those superhuman strikes. And, it, it, you know, they sold it as such. So, yeah, it worked with, for me. With the martial arts connection, I now want Speedball Mike Bailey to be managed by Kendo Nagasaki. <laughs> well, he would be quite many promos, would he? <laughs> Wouldn't have to just stand out there. Basically, like a better, how do I say better? Basically, like a more serious version of the question mark in NWA. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't speak for ages. That that would be good. And it is a shame Kendo hasn't done more. But, you know, because uh, he he could easily have had a a presence. But, yeah, it wasn't to be. Although, to be fair, I think he'd um, invested wisely and uh, was earning enough money uh, from his other ventures. Yeah, fair play to him, and, and fair play to him in this match because you know, then you, after the finish, you've got Gorgeous George bringing him another mask, and Daddy's posing with a mask, and George hyping up the eternally victorious Kendo, and the crowd at this point have just reached a fever pitch. Oh yeah, yeah, it was awesome. I mean, I, that, as part of the normal questions we go through, you know, we normally ask about the crowd reaction. Um, I'll just jump the gun here before you say it, but I, I, I thought this solid whole crowd was amazing. Yeah, they really were. Um, just, just white hot all match. Because, well, to be fair, I'll jump the gun as well. But you know, we ask how did uh, Daddy or Haystacks look? This was a lesson in how to get over in defeat. Because Daddy yeah. may have lost the match, but he's come out with. With a trophy, so to speak, um, with the mask and, and the crowd behind him, you know, there's you're fair enough. He's supposed to be a heel, and he's lost a bit. He's lost a bit of heat, but he still looked great. And he, you know, he's been loads of loads of selling. Yes, he was up quickly now and again, but it, it's Big Daddy. He's gonna be. It takes a lot to put him down for a long time. It feels like Daddy went out there to make both himself and Kendo look good. Yeah, you know, this is the second Big Daddy Kendo Nagasaki match in a row, the second Kendo win, but it feels like Daddy's stepped on. Yeah, it feels like Daddy's got the momentum, weirdly. Yeah, yeah. But also kept Kendo quite strong. Yeah, I, I loved this match, I really did. Um, yeah, same. Um, and just to jump to the second point, did, did Daddy's opponent get to look good? Absolutely, he did. Yeah. Got so much, just so much given to him. Um, and 
he made the you know apart from the trap you know trapezius all the side kendo made his offense look good and and the mask stuff just when when he when he sort of snapped it it just made kendo look so dangerous and as you say especially in the first round daddy was bumping all over the place for him yeah yeah it made you know kendo's not a small man and you know they say you know however tall he's six foot odd 16 stone that is a big strong bloke yeah and yeah it it, it was a real big thing for him i think uh, I guess we've covered uh, a lot of the points. Uh, we have mentioned a few Kent Walton moments of the night. What what was your Kent Mo- Walton moment of the night? So the Kent Walton moment for Kent himself was when he tries to call the belly bounce a body check. <laughs> it, it's a fucking belly bounce, Kent. We all know it. But the actual, the full-blown Kent Walton moment goes to the ring announcer for fucking up and saying it was a final public warning in round three and it was the first... <laughs> Oh, I, I'm I'm just going for the absolute hyperbole when uh, the mask came off. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> what an extraordinary face! What an extraordinary hairstyle! <laughs> he didn't quite know what to say, did he? No, he didn't. But it was a massive moment, and and I, I fully believe that Ken had no idea this was going to happen. Mm. Yeah, it felt like even though he was sort of galvin his words that that only added to sell the moment really yeah yeah it was really good it was really good so i think it's pretty fair to say that overall we were we were pretty wild by the match so that just leaves are we feeling the hype for wembley 81 yet no but i'm incredibly feeling the hype for daddy versus kendo yeah <laughs> well it's, it's lucky you say that dan because they'll be in a tag team match against each other next week Again, we'll have some of that. Yeah, it's almost like we're on booking the Kendo Atari here, isn't it? <laughs> Kendo and Nagasaki. It's you know we've we've got quite a few early on, and then then never again. Unkendoing the Nagasaki Atari. Yeah, which I'd be all up for, but yeah, we we'll um yeah, but a lot of, we're very Kendo heavy early on in this podcast series. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mind it, and I know you won't either, because I know Kendo's your boy. Yeah. Yeah, he's excellent, and he's looked excellent in the last two showings, so very happy about that. So, yeah, before we, uh, well, you'll have to tune in next time for that, but uh, in the meantime, Dan, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at DanGriffin21, usually tweeting about wrestling that's a minimum six weeks out of date or movies that are 25 years out of date. If you want to hear more of me talking about stuff, I'm over on the Doctor Who pod on SJP, SJP World Media with Cy Powell, where we look at one episode or serial per Doctor Per series, see what lands for me with the classic stuff as a new Who fan and the reverse for Cy. Excellent. You can find me at UTT Roberts, really more about the mutuals than it is about the followers, so I'm absolutely more than happy to follow back. On the same channel that you're listening to this, you need the One Man's Meat podcast with Danny at Scottish Juggalo and the real Chris Bellis, and they're following the forgotten storylines of wrestling, wrestlers that might not get that much love, that kind of thing. Uh, at time of recording, uh, we know they have a another pint-sized project in the works. They've sworn us to secrecy at the time, so goes <laughs> 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 up. So just just check it out, whatever that is. Wink, wink. <laughs> I'm saying now, I don't want to get a bollocking. No, exactly. You know, we, we don't want to. Uh, we don't want to upset them. In terms of our other ventures, the main show uh, on Booking the Territory, we're looking at the first and last of wrestling, so debuts, finales, that kind of thing. So, yeah, we're going to get involved over there. We do have uh, another project. Um, we're following um, one of the hardest men that ever lived, the clown prince of British wrestling, Les Kellett. Oh, Kellett Club. For, 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 for life. <laughs> yeah, so if you've not had enough of the 1970s, uh, check out what we're doing over there with the early part of the decade uh, and uh, looking at one of the biggest draws of the early 70s and uh, one of the greatest wrestlers that ever lived. Yeah, he's just fabulous. Yeah, 
and the only the only wrestler that comes um, anywhere near being as hard as Les Kelly, and uh, we think it's probably a bit on the par, is Tank Abbott. Uh, we've finished on booking the Tankatory now. We've covered every match they ever had, but you can still go over to UTT Tank and get some hashtag Tank facts. Yay, they will never die. They'll never die. We're going to keep pumping these out. Such as, electricity once got a shock off Tank Abbott. <laughs> as, we established, as we've established in another podcast, that was how electricity was founded. Exactly. Tank Abbott can kill two stones with one bird. Yep, he just has to spin a seagull really fast. <laughs> and Tank Abbott puts the terror in terra firma. <laughs> and as Pig's Blood had pointed out, he can make feces magically appear in your underpants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's something that happened. So next time we're moving on to Rex Strong, a wrestler who's actually from Blackpool. Holy shit, they exist. They exist, yeah. Who who knew? And Kendo Nagasaki versus Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks, but was seeing them team together. <laughs> Which had to be terrifying for anybody stood across the ring from him. Well, then Kendo's on the other side, so... <laughs> yeah, he'll be all right, but the mere mortal that is Rex Strong. Yeah, the, the good news, you're talking with Kendo Nagasaki. The bad news... <laughs> Holy shit, have you seen the size of these lads? Yeah, yeah. So, as Kendo was on this show, uh, we're going to go out with Kendo's theme. It's a, a more recent theme um, that's been created for him by his uh, manager after George Gillette, uh, Lloyd Ryan. So um, we'll play that out. But in the meantime, thank you for listening.